Hello and welcome to the Gooners podcast season six debut. I can't believe it. Season six. I thought we were going to get canceled after season five, uh, but apparently not. Joining us today, the fantastic, fantabulous, well-coiffed, well-dressed, well-scaped Elliot. Elliot from Arsenal Vision podcast, Yankee Gunner himself. Welcome uh, back to the pod. Yeah, it is an absolute. Uh, no, I, I, you made me do it. I had no, I had no interest in being here. <laughs> I knew it's an obligation. I knew, I knew the amount of money that you asked for was just it was like a piss take. And, and I sent you the manscaped thing. image as a joke. You blackmailed me with it, and here I am on the show. Couldn't be happier. Well, you know that's sometimes what we got to do. Got to do what you got to do. Owen's back in the house, not I driving am, around I... in his car. Welcome. Uh, thank you, thank you. I'm back with a solid internet connection. And, th- and, and speaking of that, there, um, Elliot, on behalf of all the boys here at uh, the Gunners Pod, I'd like to congratulate because you were one of the nominees for best internet connection of 2020, 2021, yeah. um, last year. So congratulations on the nomination. I'm not sure that you made uh, uh, that you got the award in the end, but solid nomination, I think. And what I, I'm now the comeback the player of the year, though, because look at this shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> my second award running. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got more radiation going on around his house and 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 Wi-Fi signal than uh, than most mm. most cities do now. It's true. You know, so, you know that Amazon sidewalk thing they're inventing. It's right outside your house. Where they like steal all y'all's internet. Well, that <laughs> I, they they actually launched that from my house, so I have all y'all's internet now. Sweet. Well, I'm your internet daddy. Mine was never that good to begin with, but Fair enough. Mikey. Speaking of daddies, Mikey hurts. <laughs> Back for season six, man. Well, you, you've you've straddled two seasons. You've made it. And I you, mean, yeah. One thing that you didn't leave in season five was the echo on your computer. <laughs> Again, really? <laughs> yeah, but uh, but that's okay because we love you so much. We'll take you even with echo. So uh, welcome back. How's your summer going? Uh, absolutely fantastic, as per usual. Just um, trying to stay away from trash rumors as much as I can. Just kind of look the other way, but. Doesn't quite help that every single podcast I turned on was like, so let's talk about Ben White. I'm not sure if you, we've covered that lately, but you know, but we, we, no. we might cover him because I'm not I'm not sure of Elliot's opinion on Ben White as it's evolving yeah. and and moving. So so we, we will probably talk about that. We might even start with that, but but yeah. uh, I have definitely not listened to Elliot talk about Ben White and Saliba for an hour. Um, just today, actually, <laughs> I definitely not. Uh, have not I, I think you'll that, find so. that was a hundred minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was just a hundred minutes. minutes. Yeah. You, you, You've got you, 40 yeah. left. <laughs> you, you ditched him in the middle of the podcast. So, no, 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 I finished uh, it up. Good stuff. I, I was going to listen to it, and then I saw something about a crab cake, and I got hungry, and I stopped listening to it. So uh, I got I got to find out exactly how those are made. But in any case, we are back. Another thing that's uh, continuing the trend of season five is is no Andy. Uh, he's He hasn't even been working uh, on anything other than our new entrance video. Um and uh, and you will be seeing that soon. I know the one that I made is just Whiplash uh, Incorporated. So uh, so let's start with let's start with transfer rumors. And 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 if we're going to talk about transfer rumors, we have to talk about ITKs. Um, Mikey, you're trying to stay away from them, but here you are, uh, diagonal from from probably the most disgusting, disreputable ITK of all time. Um, how did you feel when you found out that we were not actually signing? Uh, a unheralded what, what what was it that I said a uh, I actually it, it isn't what I actually people misinterpreted the post that I put up um, I believe it said Arsenal preparing a shock bid for a it, people thought I was talking about a Premier League experienced 
midfielder, but I was just talking about a pretty lightly experienced mofo, uh, <laughs> which which could be just about anybody. So um, yeah, if if you, I could not believe it took eight hours for the for, for someone to actually read down the left side of that and see this. Um, it, it it's it, dot dinots it dinots. Yeah, you What's know an the, it dinot. I don't. The, I still don't I get it. Once Mike. you posted it, it kind of it kind of messed it up a little bit there. And 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 it dinot is 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 like the cousin of dipping dots, which I don't know if they have that over over uh, over the pond. Uh, there's only room. Though? There's only room for one dyslexic host on this podcast, Mike, and it's not for you. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, look. If you are offended by this, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> you, you you dive into the pool of ITK rumors. You take a, a post that has absolutely no information in it, like the vast majority of, of, of ITK posts, and start tweeting out people. I, I mean, apparently, we're now signing Renato Sanchez. Um, we're signing Jack Grealish, who I mean, obviously is. Okay. You know, I'm you know, in. You son of a bitch. I'm in. When, when, it, when it happens, you're welcome. That's all I have to say. And. Um, Elliot's so anyway. over here stressing out over Ben White for no reason. Like Grealish is on his way over here with Saka on the way back. You know, he's over here panicking over White. I mean, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, well, it would, it I should probably be just be happy that we're not signing 35-year-old players. 25-year-old players make <laughs> a massive improvement no matter what we're paying or who they are. So let's get right into it. Um, ben White. Um, I, I, I've, I've seen an evolution. I know that, you know, I, I believe your first uh, – opinion on it was what the hell are we doing and and now i kind of i see you easing your way gently into ben white uh oh hold on that, <laughs> I, didn't mean mean to, I, didn't, like I didn't mean to send you that video <laughs> yeah I, I actually saw you doing it did you yeah, hack my um, iCloud does I, that I, make me a celebrity i was on the sidewalk outside of your amazon yeah. but so yeah the uh the ben white situation a bit weird but uh in case for whatever reason, you don't listen to the Arsenal Vision podcast, and you do listen to the Gooners podcast. Share with us your your uh, the evolution of Elliot on Ben White love and where you currently Venn, Love to see that Venn diagram of listeners. Um, so <laughs> that yeah. crab cake, it would just be, it would just be a it's like a it would be a a clam cake. A clam cake. Oh, okay. um, so, well, look. So the funny thing is, we literally did a scouting video today. So I just watched him, and like obviously, I've seen him play for Bournemouth. Uh, no, I haven't because he never did. I've seen him play, play for Brighton. But like, uh, so watching him on this scouting video, like the, the thing that I think really struck me is, I know for Leeds, it was different in the championship, but in the Premier League, because we keep hearing it's smart to get him because he's got Premier League experience. All the footage he's playing either DM or right side of a back three or like right back. And you look at the positions he takes up and he's way up the pitch or he's way out on the wing. And there's just not a lot of clips of him playing in a position that you'd associate with a traditional back four. Now, it is possible we're planning to switch back to a back three. That's another discussion we could get into. I think the thing that really was disturbing to me watching these these clips is his passing's excellent. There's no question about that. He can, he can fade one over the top. He can do the big switch. He likes to carry the ball. So he'll carry the ball into the first phase of attack so the midfielders don't have to drop back. I see the wisdom that side of it. Isn't if, that going to get up? I mean, you can't carry the ball. No, that, that, that's basketball. Yeah, that's basketball. Right, so that would be... No, he's, it's fine. He's carrying he would it, be ill-advised. I mean, foot. Mustafi used to try to do that. With his foot, oh. he's going to carry the ball, Mike. He's going to yeah, carry the okay. ball with his foot. Okay. Um, but, but the point is, like, once what really disturbed me is, like, if you want a center back who loves to dive in, loves to go to ground early, really likes to try to jump 
you know, cut cut off the, the ball before it gets to the man. This is your guy. He is a very aggressive defender. He is going to stick a leg in, you know, go in two-footed, go to ground to try to get it away. He's going to get turned at times. He's going to misjudge the tempo of the pass and, and try to get in front of it, and guys are going to get in behind. And at right center back or at DM, it didn't, he didn't get punished a lot, and his pace is decent, not, not sensational, but decent. But I do worry if we're going to push the, the defenders up the pitch and play, a, you know, a little more high line like, you know, big clubs tend to do, and he wants to play that way and dive in. I'm not saying it's Mustafi level, but that's something that's going to have to come under control, and maybe Mikel feels like he can get the reins on that. I think the thing that I looked at in this video is this is a guy that has a lot of good skills with the ball at his feet. As a defender, I don't see a 50 million pound nailed on star in your back line right now. Like if he came in tomorrow and we played in the back four, Gabriel would be the anchor, not Ben White. And so are, are we paying 50 million to get a future prospect? Because I feel like we have a future prospect. Or are we expecting to get the finished article? Because I don't see the finished article there. And as a last point on this, like, even if I really like Ben White, then there's the question of like, does 50 million pounds on a center back make us better enough to put the money there as opposed to where else it could go. And that, that's a different conversation. But like, yeah, after watching him right now, super impressed with what he does with the ball at his feet. As a defender, I don't see that sure thing, 50 million pound anchor the back line. That's for sure. Owen, oh, do you think that a 50 million pound center back is like Cronkies basically saying we need to do something that's going to get the people excited? And, and, and in doing that... <clears throat> Missing the mark yet again on, on on who you want to be spending fifty million pounds on, and that's not a comment on whether Ben White is isn't might be, you know, might not be worth that in the long run. But mm -hmm. it's a it's a really unusual. I mean, look, we did spend thirty five million on a center back, and that and we all know how that went. But this is a bit kind of out of left field. We would have never seen this coming two, three, four weeks ago. So is this is this like this is how we get the fans back on our side? We splash the cash on on somebody that we might need um i suppose you sort of have to contextualize everything and and this might be a bit of uh an uncharacteristic take from me because i'm normally quite reactive and quite reactionary when it comes to stuff like this here but what i will say is i'm going to say you have to contextualize it and we can't do that until the transfer window closes now if it comes to the end of the transfer window and we have failed to um getting targets for the likes of centre midfield, a right back, a backup left back, a second goalkeeper. If there's still things to be desired in terms of the business that we achieve to do throughout this transfer window, then you can look at Ben White as a £50 million target and say that that was an absolute waste of money, that a shambolic business, and that this is what Arsenal have been failing to do for over a decade. But what I could say is you could also reverse that and say that this is an absolute positive sign to say that this is a position that isn't a massive priority and blatantly isn't a massive priority because Arsenal I think had uh, I'm not sure whether we finished with the third best defence in the league last season but we were there or thereabout so this obviously isn't um, a position on the pitch that really needs major attention but yet the club are still willing to go and put 50 million now we've all seen these rumours of an apparent war chest or whatever, up to how much Arsenal can spend, which I think is nonsense. Nobody can say that. But what it does say to me is that maybe this is the club starting to realise that their only way to reverse the decline that we've been seeing over this last number of, number of years is is to start spending their way out of it. Um, 
Uh, see, I would, I would sort of, in a way, respectfully disagree with Elliot in the sense that I think that Ben White is actually a very, very competent defender. I think the defensive side of his game is actually very, very good. And it's the fact that he's playing at a side like Brighton. And to me, it's the players around him as well. You know, when you take a step up in, in class and the players around you, he's only going to get better too. And it's something that I've always said as well is that within the Premier League, and I know this might sound like a stupid sort of little little statement to say because there's been obviously defensive partnerships that haven't had an English player, but when I look back to all very good, successful Premier League teams, they've always had an English defender, and I'm not comparing Ben White to any of these, but you look at some of them. Tony that's because you're t- looking at teams of the 60s and 70s. But no, no <laughs> but like to, to Tony Adams at Arsenal, John Terry with Chelsea, Jamie Carragher with um, Liverpool, uh, Rio Ferdinand with Man United, you know, I really think, uh, like, uh, uh, just for a sense of culture of the way that football should be played, and there's a, I think there's often a leadership that comes with those sort of hard-nosed English types of defenders, and that's something that we lacked. And for me, for me, that this is a good bit of business as long as all the rest of the positions that we need to be filled are done. You know, uh, I, I do think it's an upgrade. I think that what you're seeing here is David Luiz has uh, made way. Um, obviously uh, leaving at the end of his contract. And I think what this is, is Mikel Arteta saying that Rob Holding, while he's a competent defender, is not good enough to single-handedly lead that back line. He doesn't have the capabilities or or maybe the qualities to, to do so. So they're better. No, and, and we would all complain if he did come to that conclusion. So, you know, you, you're, you're picking up on the point, which is without David Luiz and and without a Ben White or or somebody else, you know, all of a sudden, our back twos are going to be Gabriel and Mari, Gabriel and and Holding. Um, you know, uh, I mean, the, the 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 issue is well, there's the Saliba guy that we would have to talk so, about. Then, yeah, that, that, that's but, the but, but even but even with Saliba though, like like first like second game of the season against Chelsea, we will be watching that in Vegas. Uh, second game of the season in Chelsea against Chelsea, Saliba. And Gabriel, who we've all seen, Gabriel is hit or miss sometimes. I mean, I think I think he'll be incredible with more experience and 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 next to the right person. That's just an inexperienced, young, you know, hit or miss type of center back combination. And I think most fans would want, and I think Arteta certainly wants, which was the reason behind David Luiz coming in, some sort of anchor in the twosome. Even if, if not, if both aren't established and Premier League experienced and all of that, then at least one needs to be. And I think he's basically saying it's not going to be Rob Holding; it's going to be um, it's going to be Ben White, and that will make the partnership better because Premier Premier League experience matters, whether you're English or not. I think in that position, especially uh, being experienced in the Premier League matters. So, um, like, let's be clear: like Joe Willock has more Premier League experience than Ben White. Okay, yeah. I mean he's. He's played 36 games in the Premier League. Before that, he was in the championship, and two seasons ago, he was playing for Peterborough. Um, he spent his entire Premier League experience bouncing between right center back, right back, and defensive midfielder. So you're getting a guy with a season of Premier League experience who at no point during that Premier League experience played in a back four who's going to come in and stand next to a guy in Gabriel who we all think is good and also kind of learning. I just don't think the narrative that he is the experienced anchor coming in to be the rock is going to fit who he actually is, which is a young developing player just reaching Premier League level who 
has played in a three for a season. So, and again, this isn't to say he's bad. I, I want to be clear. Ben White looks good to me. He looks like a guy who's got to get some of the instinct out of his game to always be up the pitch, to always dive in. And some of that's positional to where he was playing for Brighton. But it's not that I don't think he's good. It's that I think the idea that we're spending 50 million to get a guy who will be very good is just a little weird to me, especially in light of the fact that I think we have a guy who also will be very good, who we already own, who looks like he's on a rail out of town. Yeah, Mikey, is this the, the 50 million pounds? Now, this was a question of yours, and I'm going to turn it right back on you and make you answer it. 50 million pounds on Ben White. It's, I mean, signing a, a, an English experience Premier League, even if it's just a year or a year and a half or, or you know, championship and then Premier League. Signing that type of a player for 50 million compared to the, you know, the the Martinelli type signings, the Lukanga uh is that his name? Lukanga? Yeah. Uh, you know, those types of, of signings where we're kind of hoping for to hit it big, as opposed to one with Ben White, where you're really just putting all your chips in the middle of the table and saying, this guy better be good because we're spending a ton of money on him. Which one should we be focused more on? Or do you think this is a good combination of both? Which was the, you know, I love the turning your own question on you, but where, where are you on that? I mean, yeah, no, I just gonna... wrote the questions. I wasn't, I wasn't planning on answering these things at all. So <laughs> great job. No, um, the answer is, I guess, is both right because very as I believe that this transfer season, this this summer so far, with the players that we've been linked with, the players that we're close to signing, is indicating everything that the club is actually acting for the first time in a very long time, like a self-sustaining model. Like this is this is what you need. Lakanga is future. Who knows if he's going to stay with us? But most likely, he comes to us. He plays for you know three, four, five years. We're able to flip him, right? Those that we haven't been able to sell a player for profit for a really long time. Even the current ones that we have, we have a lot of a lot of sellable assets right now. But they're all in kind of really weird. Like Nelson kind of devalued himself. Gwendo. He has his situation. Mavropanos has his situation. Torreira with his comments about Boca after his mother passed. We, we've we been operating in a, in a really filthy way for a really long time, just completely wasteful. So um, the, here's the my biggest take home out of Ben White and Lakonga. One thing that they, they have in common in everybody else that we've been linked with is the age profile. And this has been a really long time since we, we've looked at every single target that we've been after. If we're if we're believing you know the gerbil and Chris Wheatley and you know Charles Watts and all you know and Eddie Lumberg of course that's in the house dropping his own um his own uh, tweets as well. Did you call him Eddie Lumberg. Yeah, is it? Oh, is did it I Freddy's up? brother? Longbridge. There you go. Messed up his last name. So he's well, going to need I'm, you to come in on the weekend. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's lumber. <laughs> no, so so I'm happy on both fronts. I, I feel like the the. The club, in my opinion, is finally learning. I think with the addition with um, Richard Garlic, I believe, is going to help get the contracts running, right? Edu, Arteta, I, I believe they're identifying the right players. Now, I, I know there's a lot being said about um, Ben White. I, I take a little bit of what Elliot said and a little bit of what Owen said in the sense that, first and foremost, the transfer season, it's it's just opened up. So we have no idea how much money the club is going to spend. We have no idea, you know, we've, we've been linked with all types of midfielders, you know, in, in the 10 spot, we've been linked with Udegaard, Buendia, 
um, now Madison, right? In the midfield, Locatelli, we were linked with. Apparently, some some Italian journalists said that we actually made an inquiry, you know, inquiry about that. Who knows, right? That's that's very. Does that Italian journalist charge two hundred pounds? To it's not Fabrizio Romano, if that's what you're going to oh, ask okay. me. And no, and no, I I didn't try to bribe him or pay him to be on the podcast. Is what Wait, I can confirm. He, you can pay him to come on your podcast. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Mike, so. can you confirm that? Um, you could pay the gerbil to come on your podcast, I but you guys get it for free. So, um, actually, look, I paid it's the best of both worlds. I believe I, I always kind of said that Stan Kroenke, if he was going to ever spend, even if it's per some type of loan against the club, if he was going to ever make that financial commitment or put the, the club in a financial situation where he, there's funds available, it was going to be when we got knocked out of the Champions League. For an American sport fans, I've always kind of compared Champions League with playoffs. As long as you're in playoffs, you're a name, you have some financial um, you know, upswing about that. And I've, I've always kind of looked at it like that. So I kind of looked at it like Stan Kroenke or slash Josh Kroenke, of course. If there's going to be a summer where they're like, okay, we let this go for too long. We got to invest. You, you know, lack of better words, invest. Um strictly you know put in a really good shift in the transfer season to to get us back in europe it's got to be this time and it's maybe not be it's maybe not football reasons but it's financial reasons he wants arsenal in europa preferably the champions league so i'm looking at these as all positives one thing elliot i was gonna i was gonna throw back at you yeah, please the conversation that you you brought up just earlier where you were doing the scouting video with um, ben white Am I completely insane? Because the few videos that I've seen, I've also seen them way up front. Is there any way this is the midfield partner for Partey that people that nobody knows his top of the list, but is there? Because as you mentioned, his position on the field is is always really further up. Yeah. He, so here's the funny thing, right? If you told me he was coming to play right back, I've seen enough things from him in that position that it'd be interesting. If you told me he was coming into play as a more of a defensive midfielder and free party to move further up the pitch. Again, seen enough to say that he could do that. I think, like for me, not to make everything about the price, but if you're spending 50 million pounds on a player, I'd like to think you believe they are one of the best at their position and you're buying them to be excellent at that. Once you get into the realm of, I'm paying 50 million and I think I can convert him to this, or I think he could kind of be that, that to me feels like there are better ways you could spend the money on someone who actually is that, right? Like if you want a right back who's freaking awesome, you can spend 50 million and get one. If you want to get a, a, a central midfielder to party with part, partner with party at 50 million, <laughs> if you want to party with me for 50 million, you could like just get, email just, me, text me, call me, come to my house. We'll isn't that out. what Vegas is all about, basically? Yeah, except there's no 50 million, unfortunately. It's totally free. Um, but like, you see what I'm saying, right? I mean, my feeling is if you're buying a center back for 50 million, what you're saying to me is this is a star center back right now today, and he will be for many years, and that's why we're paying this fee. It doesn't say to me, we think we've got a diamond in the rough at central midfield or a right back we can convert him to because, you know, you could spend 50 million on a right back or on a central midfielder to partner with party, put the Ben White money into Camavinga. I'm not saying you can get Camavinga, but you know what I mean? Like put it into someone who plays that position and you have more reliability on that for. So Ben White is interesting because he's very talented. That much is clear. And on the ball, 
I mean, the way he carries it, the way he can go past a man, the way he can fade it over the top and big switch, that's going to help our attack in the way David Luiz did. But he's younger, he's more mobile. But I don't think positionally he's as clever. I don't think his, ta- his stand-up tackling is good. I-, I think he can get rolled. I think he likes to dive in. And again, if he was $20 million and we were like, we're going to go with this guy instead of Saliba, I'd say, I can see it. He's, mo- he's more ready than Saliba right now. Having watched, we did a scouting video Saliba today. We did both of them, the same video. Saliba doesn't look ready to me. I was shocked. I was expecting to see this star boy ready to come in and be amazing. You see the raw skills in Saliba to be a star boy for sure. And the physique is there. He's not ready. He, I, I saw him and I went, wow, this is the guy that I've been raving about. He's, he's still rough around the edges, but, but Ben White isn't not rough around the edges, if that makes are there, sense. Are, are there videos of Saliba that don't have a person masturbating next to them? Or, okay, or... I'm going to move past so, that, Elliot, Those were the quick. only ones we watched. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> those were the only ones. And he didn't look ready to you, huh? Okay. Uh, his, his, the person sitting next to him looked ready. He did not. Is there any... Again, I'm just, just playing devil advocate here. Is there any like worry at all that, that, that the form that Saliba had in France doesn't convert immediately to the English league because yeah, like, of course, yeah, he's yeah, not ready. We're all here. Like for example, and I, I don't like price tag, so I'm, I'm going to ignore the price tag apart, but Pepe, he was tearing it up in the French league. It took him the better part of two seasons to, to fully get into form and figure out what the hell he was doing. So that's kind of something that if I'm the manager right now, I understand uh, all of Elliot's points taking into consideration that, he, you know, he doesn't seem to have played in the back four very much. He's, you know, mobile. People get past him. I understand all that. But I look at that, like, I still look at it like it's still English experience. What, so be it, maybe just one year, versus Saliba, who has performed well, like other French players, potentially might like my thing where I'm like, if I'm the manager and I'm the one, my job is on the line. Do I say, hey, guy, you're going to be my starter, the, the leader of, of the anchor of my team? So I, I'm, I'm always worried about how the, that talent translates from one league to another. See, see just on the, on the Saliba thing, because I, I actually, originally when I seen this league, I was actually qu- quite upset at the fact that it's sort of, we don't know what the case is, but from the outside looking in, I mean, it looks like it could spell the end for William Saliba and, sort of give him very limited chance chances this season. And I think a lot of us were maybe looking forward to seeing him get chances. But obviously, since the beginning, he's always looked relatively out of favour with Mikel Arteta. Um, and I always thought that was quite unfair. You know, we were talking about somebody, people were saying he's the next Varane. He's the next big, big star centre-back to come out I of France. People, and this, I hate when people <laughs> do that. Yeah, the, he's the next this, he's the next that. But the anyway, the I, I was on that. And now this is obviously just speculation and rumours, but there's been, there's been rumours surfacing that William Saliba is assessing his options and that he may potentially look to, to leave the club. Now, to me, that is just bad character. If at the, at the first sign of competition that that his ass is fluttering and he's and he's and he's looking for the exit door immediately instead of relishing the competition you know um so in regards to the William Saliba thing the way I always put it is my loyalties lie to Arsenal not to 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 a single player now is it bad business yes and I would be absolutely fuming 
if he was never given a single chance and he was sent out the exit door, he got a transfer to somewhere somewhere else and he turned into the the next big thing and he and he was absolutely fantastic. But for me, if look, Mikel Arteta's job is hang, hanging in the balance. Let's not forget that the manner in which he finished last season and, and that sort of um the, the the thin the thin line that he was walking. Um so for him to go and splash fifty million on a centre back must mean that he has confidence in in that player, um, because at the end of the day, it's going to fall back on his head. And I would agree with Elliot completely. This is a centre back we're getting. We're not getting a right back. If you wanted a right back with fifty million, you go you go and you get Max Aaron's, or if you wanted a centre mid, you go and you get Basuma. That you know, if you're spending fifty million on on someone that that amount, you're going to play them in the position that they have been playing. And I know people say about defence and midfield and stuff like that there, but people were saying that with Callum Chambers as well, man. You well, know, what about Thierry Henry though? He was uh, we bought him and, and moved <laughs> him. Now, I, I I agree with all you lot about uh, about spending the money and put uh, and and putting him in the right position. But the um, the the Saliba thing, it, the Olympics. Now, you would never tell a young footballer to not play in the Olympics, um, but just when you would think that, like, the best thing for Saliba would be to get into camp on July 8th to start training with the first team to get to, you know, maybe undo some of whatever damage has been done, uh, mutually speaking, between the club, Arteta, and himself. Um, And now, you know, he's not going to get in until, what, late October, early, early September? With the Olympics, and it, it just it just seems destined. Not Those to are work. different times. Late October and early September. Are very, very, that's a very <laughs> big range of times. I go I go in reverse uh, as well. Um, our next podcast is going to be in late April of, of this year, not oh. not next year. Hmm. So, can I borrow so, your time machine? I have a, a wager I want to place, or a few. <laughs> I'm not giving that time machine up. I need it more than anybody. Fair enough. Um, but I mean, it, it's just—it's not going to work out. And the sunk cost fallacy of, of saying, you know, we spent this much money on him. He looked pretty good when he played for for Nice in France and 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 for Saint Antoine before before he came here. I mean, all those things are important, but we have not seen him play in the Premier League. We probably won't. And you know, why is this? I mean, why does this have to be the hill that Arteta dies on? What I mean, it, it, it just or is it just Arsenal supporters wanting the thing that they don't have to be proven wrong on to be the stick that they keep beating Arteta over the head with? No, I, look, I mean, the, the thing to bear in mind here, right, is like this. I think there's a bad use of sunk cost fallacy because sunk cost fallacy is feeling like you have to make it work with something that hasn't right. This hasn't even been tried. Like the thing that's frustrating to me is everywhere Saliba has gone. He's been extremely highly rated. We paid a lot to get him because we thought we were getting young talent before he blew up and became the next big thing. Since we got him, we've pretty much blocked every opportunity for him to play for us, but everywhere he's gone other than us, he's gotten rave reviews, and people have said, you know, he's kind of met the bar of what he needed to do. I don't think anybody's saying, you know, that Saliba can step in and be amazing day one. I think my frustration is you go and you find a bright young talent that's highly rated and you pay a lot for him and you should have some plan and say, here's our plan for moving this player through. He gets a lone year back. He comes in and starts to be integrated. Maybe he plays in the Europa League. We see what we have. We find Premier League minutes for him. Then the next season, he's fighting to be a starter. And then we see where we're at with him. Our plan has been buy him, loan him back, bring him back, 
decide really quickly we don't want him anymore, screw up an effort to loan him, don't give him a single minute and don't register for the Europa League, loan him back again, and now probably just shit can him entirely. And so it's not so much that I know for sure Saliba would work, it's more that everywhere he's been, he's done what he needed to to suggest he should come in and have a chance. And that chance hasn't been provided. And I don't think it's pure talent. You watch Saliba, the one thing you come away with is the kid's raw, and he's, I don't think he's ready to step in and be our regular starter right away. I mean, probably not. But the talent is, like, it jumps off the screen as you watch him in certain moments. The way he can cover ground, the way he uses his his physique. It's, it's like Martinelli. I mean, it, same, you could say the exact same thing about Martinelli. You yeah, want to see what chances. he's capable so, of. Yeah. At but, this point, for I mean, round table for whoever wants to answer this. At this point, it is the Ben White signing, if it goes through, is it the transfer fee or is it Saliba? That makes you that would make you upset about it. You mean? Yeah, that that would make you like. Uh, is it the fifty that you can't get over? Or you know, everybody, right? Everybody feels a little bit differently about this. Is the fifty or the fact that we invested thirty, and we have not yet that that thirty dollar that third dollar a million investment has not even given a chance to to develop in in the squad. So like, is that the most disappointing part? Just it's, seeing a, it's a young talent not get its chance versus the panicking of. Holy crap! We spent fifty million on a center back. We have a center back. What about our midfield? What it's about the, the right back? It, it's just the psychology of it all. I think it, it, it's like we were say, for example, you went on to Amazon and you ordered a sandbox, all right, and the sand turned up before the box did. Well, just because you've got the sand there doesn't mean that it's completely fucking useless. You're going to get the box eventually, and and you know what I'm trying to put across there is that. Just because it's coming in this order doesn't mean that that's the priority. And 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 maybe I'm being positive here, and and that's not normally a position that I take. Normally, I'm fucking an absolute miserable bastard. But normally, you bash me for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because you're a cunt. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> what was I gonna? No, but maybe it's just the time that we need to sit back, wait and see, because we could all end up with mud on our faces if we're saying that this is a stupid bit of business, and then Arsenal go and uncharacteristically pull it out of their fucking ass this this transfer window and go and get your basuma get your madison imagine you know like not that it's very likely to happen i'm being over over positive i think are there any other curse words that can, you want to add can, to can that I, comment or, or i just i want to say something because I think ian hit on something important and this is something we should all agree like if if we're i can use curse words if it'll help the, and, and and please continue to call him ian because the rest of us will well, sorry. No, so, no, someone no. literally typed Ian into the chat. So I they always do it. It's fine. It's like my sits. Uh, just yeah. How, how do I say it? Uh, Owen. Owen. Like, All right, that's better. All right. Yeah. So what Ian said made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> Look, Owen. I, I I think here's the one thing we can agree on. If if we're spending two hundred fifty million pounds this summer, buy Ben White for fifty million. He looks really good. He's going to be good eventually. And like, why not? Nothing. The, everybody's feeling about whether that move makes sense is going to some to some extent depend on what else we do. So, like, let's say we buy Ben White for fifty million, and, and that's all we do. That's what you well, mean. and and let's say we get like, you know, Lakanga for twenty, and that's it. And we find out that like, well, they couldn't really make the money work for Basuma, or we were looking at Madison, but the you know, another issue. You know, we were looking at at Camavinga, but they wanted too much money, and we're like. Well, would the 50 we spent on Ben White have helped? Then this yeah. is going to feel really stupid. Like, Ben White is a great player to sign right now if you have 
plenty of resources and can do all your other business. Like, I guess what I would say- no, no, Nobody said anything when Nathan Anke was signed for 40 million by Man City who didn't yeah, need Man him. City. Right, I mean, people exactly. said it was a dumb fee, but it doesn't matter. Like, they can have Leroy Sané totally frozen out of the team, and it doesn't hurt them, right? Like, right. Um, but 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 that is really the thing for us, which is if, like, if you said to me, who's a player we can get in all of world football that will really move the needle for us, center back would be, like, 100th on my list. So it's not that he's not a good player and is worth having. It's that if I said to you, right, like, for example, if I said to you we could buy one thing this summer, just one, an attacking mid, a center mid, or a central defender. And you have to pick the one that would m give us the best potential to move up the table. Defender would be the last of the three. Yeah, would you rather have, would you rather have Locatelli or, or Ben White for the, for, for yeah, similar money? It's, it's, it's an easy one. And that's not because Ben White isn't good. It's because of what our squad... Like, for example, let's say we were linked with an awesome, expensive, right-wide forward. We don't need it. I mean, it'd be fun. I think a good example is is that we when you're talking about to put the the fee into perspective is that people are some people are fine with the fee for Ben White but yet when we hear the fee touted as sixty or seventy million for James Madison people are saying it's a lot of money to be laying out you know but that's a priority position with a proven player um, that fits the exact type of profile that Arsenal need, and yet people think that fee is too big. That that that's where I sort of struggle to make sense of it all. You know what? Uh, th by the way, Elliot, this is this is for you. We're going to take a brief interlude. We are looking at how to pronounce this traditional Irish name. How do you go about pronouncing it? Not like it's spelled, but simply Owen. Ian. Owen. Ian. O e. So you're not you, you're not the first. You <laughs> helps, won't be the last. That helps. You know, <laughs> when we when we run out of things to talk about on the podcast, which is frequently, we just we just make fun of of Ian's name. Um, <laughs> caught me in the middle of having a piece of cookie as well. So so who who That's would your it's not a normal cookie. No, who, who, even better. Who, who would your who would your center uh, your center mid because you're talking about the you know the needs for center mid center back. Um, who would your 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 party 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 be? Um, since we're partying with party at this I'd, point, I'd rather hear what the other guys think because like so this is where I'm not I if you tell me to like here's a player we're linked with and I can go scout him and go look at his data and like get a feel for him I think I'm pretty decent at that but like I'm candidly not someone who like knows the world of international football, knows the players. But that's, why, like the I, but that's why I want to hear your answer. This, well, this, so this, I, this isn't the podcast where we, this isn't, uh, there, there's, there's a reason to have Arsenal Vision and there's a reason to have Tom Canton's podcast. And then there's this one where we're like, make, I make a fair I, point there. Yeah, saw saw a video of some guy in a YouTube video and I want him and I want to pay him 75 million pounds. But so just in a, you know, you don't have to be a tactically and, and scouting person. That's, you know, who, well, the, who do the you problem actually is see? All that? the guys that I'd say, people are going to say, oh, well, we can't get him. You know, we can't get Locatelli. We can't get Camavinga. We can't, you know, well, we can't get him. Um, I mean, I didn't want Neves. Like, Basuma's interesting to me, but Basuma is a defensive midfielder. Like, he is a destroyer who can carry the ball a bit, but as of right now, anyway, passing is not... You're not getting him to, to move the ball up the pitch with vertical passing. So if, if it's Basuma, then it it's clear to me that the plan is to let Thomas Party play further up the pitch, which I actually like as a strategy. 
Um, the party partner to me can go one of two ways, right? It can be someone who sits deeper, can control that area and let and free Thomas party a little bit, or it can be someone who shares the load with party a little more, who's athletic and can move around a little bit and do some of the things party does. I mean, a lot of people see Lakanga as a party, an heir to the party role, like a guy who is similar enough to party that he will eventually become what party is. Maybe we want two very similar guys on the pitch so one can go and one can stay and there's that athleticism that everybody's been craving. Um, I'm not a huge Ruben Neves guy, so it probably wouldn't be that. Mikey, how about you? What's, what's, who's, your, uh, who's the guy you want to see taking the place of Sir Granite Xhaka? I don't know how, how this might go on the achievable radar, right? But uh, Frank Kessia from Milan. Uh, him along actually Locatelli, who also played in Milan. I, I've been singing Locatelli's praise since 2017. I, I, I was absolutely in love with this player when he first broke up into Milan, and then he was sold pretty early on um, for for Francesia, uh, ironically. So Francesia for me is just a workhorse, box to box. Could do a little bit of everything. Could come. Could you know if he wants to sit back right in front of the the back four, he could do it. If you need him to uh, go forward and play, and he has a wicked long shot. The man has scored a lot of goals. If you need a penalty taker, he is your man. The man has buried like ninety plus percent of his penalties in that sense. So, dream like this. Talk about dream midfielder. I'm going to say a little bit more achievable than Locatelli because I, I really do see him going to just Juve. Uh, but at yeah, the there doesn't seem to be any other destination for him, yeah. unless, it's, unless it's this one, Mike. A uh, message from from Danny. For, no, don't start with, dude. You guys are broke. Get out of here, Danny. You guys are selling players right now. Um, you guys. So he yeah. says, he D- says throwing throwing stones from his glass house. Yes, yeah. D- yeah D- Danny hugely into Inter Milan. I've seen him constantly, you know, bathing and wearing uh, wearing Inter Milan gear. And and fun fact, huge fan of the Timbers. Portland Timbers. Yeah, that is a weird yeah. thing. And the Miami Dolphins. I, yeah, so can't, can't that would be like a dream, a dream midf- midfield signing for me. Ian? Oh, fuck. Fuck you. Um, I'm you've on, you've uh, had 15 minutes to think about this. No, um, I, I'm going to go for the basic one that everybody sings about, and I think there's good reason for it. I'm a Basuma dick rider. I'm, I'm, I'm on that train all day, man. Um, we didn't ask what you would do to him. We asked you who you wanted. It's an to play expression. With. I'm a big fan of the guy. Okay, he's very good football. Um, no, I think that uh, in today's game, that the days are starting to fade out of those sort of controlled, more methodical type midfielders. Like uh, you mentioned, Elliot, like Ruben Neves. Even though I am a fan of him, I do think he's a very good player. But I think th- I think that the successful teams now have just complete athleticism and dynamism in the midfield. You know, you look at Liverpool, there was no massive creative outlet from Liverpool's midfield when they were going through that so such a successful spell. And and for me, releasing Partey and maybe even bringing some of that uh, more... Ex- a more expressive side to Basuma's game as well at Arsenal it could be something. And as well, somebody mentioned in the chat earlier on as well there, we talk about blocking the path of Saliba, but we're prioritising a number 10 would that potentially not block the path of Emil Smith-Rowe? I would maybe like to see what Emil Smith-Rowe could do there after having such a, you know, uh, gaining the experience of last season. I would like to see what he could potentially do in there because for me, long-term, 
I don't think the wing is a very viable option for for Emil Smith Rowe there. I think that he flourished in, in, in those wide areas simply because he had that creative outlet of Martin Odegaard to combine with. Um, so for me, uh, for me, look, uh, th- this is the one thing I will say that really frustrates me. You have a player like Yves Basuma sitting there wearing Arsenal kits and putting stuff out. He's basically crying for the club. That that game at the end of the He's season. He's trying was, to outdo Wilf Azaha yeah, in this situation. It's wild, man. It was like an addition. And and that first. The, the fee was touted between 35 to 40 million. Go and slap down the money because that guy is worth every single penny of it. He's an absolute destroyer. Well, we don't do the things that people think that we should do. We do the things that people think we shouldn't do. Um, we like spend. But could you imagine being? Could you imagine being Basuma in the Brighton camp? And it's like I can't wait to go to Arsenal. And then fucking Ben White's get fifty million slapped down for that kid. No, no he's probably his agent's probably telling him. Well, that means you're going to go for sixty. This is going to be great. <laughs> the funny thing you, you said something funny, right? We just, we tend to do the thing people don't want us to do. Like the, the, I think one of the things that people have to admit, and there's just no way around this, right? Like. Clubs that are smart and do good things and win lots of stuff and stay at the top of the table get the benefit of the doubt, and clubs that don't, don't, right? So, like, I can't help the fact that I look at Arsenal finishing eighth in consecutive seasons on a top four or five wage bill and some of the really silly stuff we've done. I don't need to mention them all again, but we all know the, the crazy moves we've made. Like, it, it is hard to think Arsenal know what they're doing. And I get it. You can say, well, this is a new crew. It's not Raul, and it's not Ivan Gazidis. It's the next group. There is a little bit of a prove it mentality that I have with Arsenal right now, right? Like, oh, I'm supposed to believe oh, that you're sure. smart now and that you, you're doing the smart stuff, even though it still looks a little weird to me. Well, prove it because you don't get to like, we aren't eighth by accident. We aren't eighth by bad luck. Like we're eighth consecutive seasons because we've made a lot of errors in squad building, but especially selling, but also in recruitment. So a lot of this is just, we've been burned and now they don't really get the benefit of the doubt anymore. And I, I don't think that's a weird phenomenon you know no no they they absolutely shouldn't get the benefit of the doubt and i mean it and that's why it seems that everything they're doing is wrong i mean it, it you can make mistakes when those mistakes are inconsequential but when those mistakes are as consequential as they possibly could be then that you know it leads to getting the the douchebag fan base that we have that that <laughs> that's constantly looking for every possible way to undermine or to 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 take the, the and it, it 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 is an unfortunate thing but it's an earned unfortunate thing by this point see sp- speaking of making mistakes all right uh, uh, and just even this can go the whole way around the table as well is it a potential mistake that we're overlooking the fact that a striker could be a key priority because if Aubameyang doesn't hit form and Lacazette's patchy form continues as well. I think that that whilst we had a lack of creativity last season, I do think that we wasted a lot of the chances that were provided as well. And and is that something that we we are overlooking as a priority position? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, the funny thing though, on like the sorry, Ian, the the issue is like for me this is what happens when you build a really weird squad trying to get out of it is really hard right like we have two strikers in late prime or past prime one of which we think will move on and one we've signed to a long-term deal all right we have another guy in balgan we've just given a contract to that we have absolutely no idea what he is whether he'll be loaned whether he could play at all we don't have european football to be like well we could get an extra guy in and give him the europa league games and then we've got this guy in martinelli whose data is like as elite as any young player we have ever had in the history of the squat, like club period. 
And there's some thought that he could be a center forward, but it's notional. It's not proven. And so we're in this weird liminal space of like bringing in an elite striker right now would be a very weird fit with Balogun and Martinelli waiting in the wings and Lacazette and Aubameyang under contract. But pretty soon that position could become like, hey, we're just going to try to get by with converted winger Martinelli at striker because we didn't plan for the... So like, oh, and I got to tell you, I, I think this is the tax you pay when your squad building's been bad is your problems are very hard to fix, right? It's not like, oh, this guy's getting into late prime. We're going to sell him. We've got another guy coming up behind him. No, we've got two late prime strikers and two really young ones and no one in between. And like, you look at Leicester who have Vardy aging out and Ian Acho moving in and they went and get DACA, right? Or whatever, whatever his name is. Pat, uh, I thought they were. I thought they were. Uh, yeah, Pats and Daka. I Pats thought they were getting Edward as well. I don't I think that deal came out. I think they went Daka yeah. instead. But the point is, like, and that's because they didn't have a problem. They had a very easy succession plan. We are going to find a lot of these uncomfortable decisions we have to make as a byproduct of really uncomfortable squad building errors along the way. Um, you know, it's how you wind up with Saka looks really good at right wing and Pepe is very expensive, talented player at right wing and Willian is an old, very expensive player under contract at right wing. And you go, well, what do I do with this? So yeah, I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you on, like I, I think striker's a fascinating one because the most important position on the pitch, it could become an issue really, really quickly. We have two players who are too young to just hand them the role and two players who are aging out of usefulness. It's, it's really tricky. I would go for one. As, as a man whose actual career involves uh, specializing in secession planning for organizations, <laughs> um, Arsenal is not a client of mine. I just want to make that clear because I could probably go down go down the tubes professionally for that. Um, I want to talk about something. We're going to talk about I, – I need to get something off my chest. Uh, but before we do that, I want to talk about something even more fun than Karen Tierney, and that is something that I've talked about a million times on this podcast, which are, look, Arsenal – Sometimes suck. Sometimes it's frustrating. We love them, but we don't always like them. But the one thing that you do that is not unique to Arsenal, but is really special about Arsenal is you get together with your mates and you have a good time and you watch Arsenal or you talk about Arsenal or you try not to talk about Arsenal. But um, And I've talked about Gunnar Graw on this podcast. I've talked about trips over to London um we've had tours in the summertime but there's an event coming up in less than two months now that's going to be fun af which is what i think it should have been called mm. it should have been called you know we talked about what it should have been called and i and i, mm. I told you it should have been fun af but mm-hmm. uh, some of us are heading to vegas uh in a couple months um uh, at the nicest part of the year weather-wise but uh, elliot this is your brainchild this is um this is just well, with something a, with that's a, gonna be a lot of fun. So let's yeah, talk about it. Big heaping spoonful of help from the wind and blue wire and like uh I'm really excited about this. So it's it's so it's called Football Fest, F-U-T-B-O-L Fest. And like two things. I know it didn't have to be spelled that way, but the wind made the good point that if you have a football fest in late August in the wind in America, you're gonna get in a bunch Las of Vegas N- where NFL they now losers. have a football team. Yeah, you're gonna get a bunch of NFL losers crashing your party. So we just made it something to like tell them, go away, we don't need you. And if you love we the NFL, that's fine. Dorks. You can be there too. Yeah. Um 
it is it is going to be watch parties. It is going to be cocktail parties. It's going to be live Q and A's and podcasts. And like Mike, you're going to be there with your show. And Highbury Squad's going to be there. Sophie's going to be there. Um, our group will be there. Clive, Paul, Scott, myself, Tim can't make it over, but so Clive gonna, is Clive is actually coming. Yeah, over. I mean, assuming the regulatory side of like traveling from there to here works out. Right now, it's oh, like he can a get little, here. I just don't know if he can go back. Well, that's fine. Then we'll then, then, yeah, then we'll we, the United States have made a a fifty million pound bid to keep Clive Palmer. Um, <laughs> Uh, there, uh, Warren Barton from Fox is going to be there. There's going to be some some ex players that we're we're looking at possibly being there and stuff. And it just it's going to be a really good time to just hang out after a year of being apart and not like we had a, a London event around a big game canceled that we we're going to do with the Arscast and like that got canceled because of COVID. So yeah, I'm disappointed that we can't be at the Emirates. But for right now, a chance for us who are able to get there to be together to all like party in one of the the really nice places in Las Vegas and someplace that's easy to get to logistically simple for most people, you know, like you get there, you're in a cab, five minutes, you're in a hotel, you're done. Um, you can Air go to conditioning will be plentiful. Pools yep. will be yep. plentiful. You can go to footballfest2021.com right now. And, and there's a registration there. Registration right now is totally free. There's even a booking site that will get you a discount on the wind. Now the wind's not a cheap place. So if you want to stay somewhere else, totally fine. But yeah, it's footballfest2021 dot com you can go you can register and we're gonna the like official announcement is rolling out in stages because there's like a lot of sponsors and stuff involved who have to sign off on stuff but right now i'm just out here telling them to go f off and saying it out loud because i want people to come and i i don't want to wait any longer so there it is you you can get in there and like i know we already have a couple hundred people that have registered so um i'm pretty excited to see the turnout what i can tell you is that like if you haven't been to the win it's an awesome place and there's going to be some pretty cool events, both like just socializing events, but also like podcast events and, and watching Arsenal events. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really pretty pumped about it. And, and, you know, ha- having attended many, uh, you know, gatherings, whether there's, whether it's about a live football match, like the tours to, to California, to mm-hmm. New York, a blast too, yeah. um, I mean, really, really fun times, uh, having attended things like Gunagra where, you know, the football team is, 4,000 miles away. They may not even have a game that weekend, uh, depending on their, their progress in the FA Cup, but it's just 200 friends and another 100 people who are entering into the situation, just getting together and and sharing their love uh, of football and the love of Arsenal especially together. There's just nothing more fun because yeah, th- there are no strangers in no, that situation. It, and, like, I'm going to be – I mean, I doubt I'll be sober at any point during it. So if you want to like get videos of me humiliating myself to have as blackmail to like get me to recant positions about like Olivier Giroud on social media or something like this is your chance because I, I don't anticipate being uh, sober really at any point during the event. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's uh, it's three days long. I, I can normally string together two, not always three, but uh, but yeah, it, I'll, I'll uh, that's why God invented Adderall, my friend. It's fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> I will. I will be your uh, I'll, I'll be your your wingman when it comes to whatever. Please that do. You don't, yeah. don't want to be. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into stuff. Yeah, we are. So it's footballfest2021.com. Yeah, there it is. If, if you're a member of Arsenal America or if you live in America and you're familiar with Arsenal America, there will be an Arsenal America presence there as well. Yep. Um, and uh, I'm trying to figure it out. Reminds me, I need to talk to Lori about that uh, yeah. immediately. So, um, so yes, uh, thank you to, to Tiff and Lori and David and, and, and Jeff and, and the whole crew um, for, uh, for their involvement in it. Anything that Arsenal America gets involved in, you can guarantee it will be fun. And uh, and and did we give out the dates? I don't. Yeah, uh, August if we twenty did or not. to twenty two. August twenty to twenty two. Yeah, and, and, and we the, we we play Chelsea uh, Sunday morning, but it's not like insane early. It's like eight thirty a.m., which 
by Pacific time standards is tolerable. So that's lunchtime. Yeah, um, yeah. That's lunchtime or dinner time, depending on. We're when just you walking to out of the, the club before. time, straight walk out of the club, straight to the watch party. Be beautiful. Exactly, and and yeah, that's the second week of the season uh, against Chelsea. Oh, and you coming over for it? No, no. <laughs> but not because it doesn't sound like a good time. It's because oh, it's I only, I'm jealous. I can only I can only pay for half of your plane ticket, so. You're <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you halfway here. Swim the rest. No, it's, I'm going to hold out. Danny has just informed me that he's going to organize something for the two of us in Cambridge with just us two and Jack Wiltshire. In so God, Manchester. He's not doing anything. <laughs> no, I would love to go and I'll make a point of doing it. Um, I'm sure you do. You do that Gunnar Gra as well. A lot of the time as well. So it's it's definitely on the list of things we to gotta, be done. We will get you over for one of those things once once you're once you know once your kid isn't so needy. <laughs> Ah, uh, fuck the kid. I don't, don't care about the kid. Wow. Okay. It went to a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so speaking of people from, from Arsenal Vision that will be at that podcast, I, I really am serious. I've seen a lot of things. Are, are, are they, am I getting it correct? Is it called a crab cake? It's a, it's a, ver, it's a visual statistical thing from Scott. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a radar. You know what radar is? Have you seen the radars? Like Stats Bomb does them, by the way. Ted from Stats Bomb. I don't even know what XG means. It's, so. it's like a, it's a round thing. It's like a spider a chart. Is. And it's, it's kind of, it's a spider chart and it shows you what their qualities are. And uh, Scott's handle is, oh, that crab. Right. And they're kind of round. And so someone said you should call it a crab cake. And so he. How do you? How do? You, how does one read it? I mean, we 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 certainly will hope to have Scott on with us someday. If you yeah. if you lie to him about what the experience is like. Yeah, I will. Um, Absolutely, I love lying to Scott. It's one of my favorite. What is <laughs> what is it meant to like? Like, how do you read it? What is it meant to 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 portray? Um, I should have I should have gotten one. I, I'll see if I can do that. Yeah, talking. like they're they're um his Twitter Avi is a crab cake if that helps. Um, but like, basically, what they do the more of the surface area of the circle that's filled up, the better the player is. So essentially the way it works is if, if the line goes all the way to the end, that means you're in like the 99th percentile for that stat. If the line is in the, like very much in the middle, it means like you're one of the worst at that stat. Okay. So you basically take a cluster of, of, uh, skills, and you usually try to put them in a region. So kind of like defending type skills and attacking type skills and passing type skills and ball carrying type skills. So yeah, so there, okay. So what you see is the ones that are all the way out towards the end mean that player is really, really good at that skill. And that is, um, this is against all the top five European major European leagues. So like if, if but if, it's more towards the middle. That means you're not good at that skill. And so you get the sense that like an amazing player would just fill up the whole circle, right? Now, nobody does because like Lionel Messi can't fill up the whole circle because like he doesn't tackle at all or anything. But they're based on position. They're compared to other people that play the same position. And what they do is they give you a really nice sort of visual ability to say, oh, he's a tackler who's good at long passing or, oh, he's a creative player who can dribble but isn't very defensively active. And it's, it's a great way to kind of just get a snapshot to help you understand where the strengths and weaknesses of the player. If it's not meant to be comprehensive, it's meant to be a visual aid that gives you a sense of what on-the-ball, off-the-ball type skills really make the player effective. Oh, shoot. Hey, Mike, guess what? This is going to be fun. I have to go get my kids like right now. Okay. <laughs> so, wait, the fuck the kids thing. If you hadn't said it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't remind me. But like, I literally just realized that if I don't go, like they're going to be sitting at daycare alone. 
So yeah, we don't, we don't want that. I, no. I would normally say ignore your kid, but as long as there's like another person there to mm-hmm. to, to take care. Well, of Well, I kind of had just sent my wife a text on the day, being like, "Hey, I got a thing, so you pick up the kids." And I just got a text being like, "Can't pick up the kids, sorry." And I'm like, <laughs> "Now you tell me they're is, closing is there, in like 15 minutes." <laughs> I don't want to give your location. So, is there anywhere in the northern central part of the United States that can pick up a couple of kids? And, and yeah, and anyone who lives in Minnesota who wants to pick up kids, I'll get the Amber Alert in my phone, and that'll let me know that you got them. So that'll okay, be, cool. that'll be well. Right. Elliot, my good friend Kelly, he's on it right now. Let yeah, me, that's let me true. Yeah, yeah, Kelly yeah, could do it. Kelly could do it. Elliot, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, um, glad that Anytime. we got the Vegas Seriously. part out. And yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to. You know, and to, there'll be a big Winners versus person. cancer drive at the at the event too. So that'll be a big part of it. We're working on what the details for that will be. And and the support that you have given us and the people that you've driven us to Gunners versus uh, driven to Gunners versus cancer has been amazing. So thanks again, thanks, Elliot. Guys. Take Cheers. care, everyone. Bye-bye. Check them out at Bye, Yankee everyone. Gunner. See you, man. All right, so it's a the, the crab cake thing is a pretty good. Uh, it's very like so. So somebody actually pointed it out there. Stephen Selby in uh, the chat pointed out, and that was my first thing. It's just exactly like pro evolution soccer used to do the statistical comparisons between players as well. It's very very similar. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I I, I know it doesn't show on a regular basis, but I love numbers and statistics. I, I just don't like analytics when it comes to football because i'd rather just watch it than try to figure out who's better by looking at charts but i do love charts and this is this is a like a a really really sharp one because you know it it doesn't just measure things that can't be compared to people like oh he has 10 dribbles where the other person has three it measures them amongst their peers Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's pretty cool and this one happens to be for kieran tierney which i think we can now talk about the fact that uh our man has signed a new contract um, yeah, he is this the first? Well, I was about to say, is this the first Arsenal captain to sign a new contract while captain? And then I realized he's not our captain. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think of him that way. So, Ellen, how big is this for? How big is this for Mikel Arteta? D- Look, I, I think there was rumours put about as well that there was contract negotiations going on with a certain number of players and certain players wanted reassurances over the security of Mikel Arteta's job. And I think that Kieran Tierney is one of those people because for me, people when this decline started and stuff like that, a lot of people were saying about the fact that when a team's going down, a lot of their their, their, their valuable assets and, and their good assets often look to leave and maybe Kieran Tierney would be one of those players who would maybe look to move to somebody like a Man City or something like that there but for me I always was almost slightly insulted because as as you know a lot of Irish people follow follow Celtic um as well so I was very very aware of Kean Tierney and this is so in character of him to commit his future in the most dire time of the club's recent history um and stand by the club and not only the club but stand by the manager as well <clears throat> is just so in character of the guy, I don't see Kieran Tierney as somebody who's going to be a player with multiple clubs. I see Kieran Tierney as as somebody who will be here th- throughout the best years of his career, and then maybe opt to move back back to Celtic when he hits maybe towards that thirty or just over that the thirty mark. Um, so it's absolutely huge to have someone like Kieran Tierney saying the only thing is now the only bump in the road is everybody. It seems like every fan every pundit and even the manager himself want to make Kieran Tierney the captain of Arsenal Football Club. The only hiccup is is that the devastation 
that it could cause within inside the dressing room, the division it could cause. And I think I was listening to Canton's pod earlier, and it was mentioned in the chat for for for, for me. Oh, of course, you were. It's man. It's the I'm off Twitter. It's the only way I get my fucking uh, transfer news. But um, for me, the only way that you can appoint Kieran Tierney captain of Arsenal this season is if there's a lengthy absence from Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. I don't think he can just pull the armband off somebody like uh, Aubameyang because the division that would cause within the dressing room. We know how highly thought of Aubameyang is, and I'm not sure whether even Kieran Tierney would be comfortable in that situation himself. So for me. Things have to fall in place to to, to get the armband handed over, but the, um, I that's think what I be- said, that's why I said you know what would be perfect, and and this would require him to be okay with it, is for Aubameyang to like surrender the armband to the younger, recently recommitted, long term captain for Arsenal to have it be a gesture. Aubameyang, you know, I can't be here forever. And you know, and and Obama, you know, and say Tierney's the future of this club. That way, it's not being ripped off his arm and handed to handed to the young guy. Who I think, I think Tierney probably has the respect of the dressing room, but Aubameyang isn't an outcast by any means. So no, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I just I would love to see that. But if Aubameyang isn't that type of person, if he's not, you know, if 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 that wouldn't really be possible without Aubameyang going into a season long funk again. Um, then you know, then then I would agree with you that you can't do that. So, Mike, you have to you have to come up with the answer. Owen doesn't want to take the armband off him. I want him to surrender the armband. So, what is actually going to happen? Give him the the German bastard treatment and just pay him to leave. Right? This would be an easy contract to pay off. Why and would you do that to Tierney? Happens free. Yeah. <laughs> no, so you know, awesome. something something so I really want. Next week we start freezing him out after resigning <laughs> to a new contract. Something I really wonder about Aubameyang is, I don't know. He just just kind of seems like the guy that rather not have the pressure. That is incredibly talented, and like we've seen in the past when things go wrong, like he he's the last one to want to speak up stuff like that. He's not very vocal. He's just a really bright personality to have in the locker room and everybody just absolutely loves him. So to an extent, I wonder how much the captaincy means to him. Like, I don't think it, it goes over his head that Arsenal is an historically great club and it's an honor to be club captain. But I wonder if the question was presented to him or I don't know, you know how you would go up on that. I, I don't see Alba personality saying, no, I'm captain of the Arsenal. I could I could almost see him being okay with the move. On obviously the, the the conversation would have to take place in between Arteta and and him, right? But it would be unprecedented. Uh, but like, wouldn't that just be like, like honestly, that would be my favorite thing that would happen this summer. Would be but, like because like, uh, like, it would show like like the passing of the torch before yeah. it's too late from from you know senior leadership to the the clear future. You know the the future. It would be like um, uh, this man up pissing people off. I don't know. I don't know what the protocol is, but it would be like like uh, like Queen Elizabeth sadly sadly passing away, and then Prince Charles basically saying, "I I, I abdicate the throne because I want England to be in the hands of Prince William for the next sixty years, not me for ten years, and then him after that." Like. That could be but the worst there, analogy that anyone's ever made, it, it was pretty especially bad. an American. 
but isn't there commercial advantages to holding the armband of your of your club sponsorship deals and stuff like that there um you know so maybe that's um, we can look past I, I mean, it does, I know he, does he sponsor anything i mean is, is he in any kind of print or, or or visual media ad i mean i wouldn't maybe i mean maybe in africa maybe in europe i mean certainly not in any way that that i've seen so one thing about footballers especially strikers and and people of the profile of pierre emmerich Aubameyang, whilst he may not be what you would call like an extrovert or something you know yeah. that, that he's not overly vocal you can guarantee he's egotistical. You have to be egotistical to be so successful yeah. in, in this field and, and for the sustained period of time that Aubameyang has been. And for me, the more likely thought process that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will be going through at the minute is not that I need to hand over the bat and these that my reputation has been tarnished by one bad season and now I have to go back and, and prove those people wrong and, and sort of make up for the, the failures of the season past. So... I don't know. It's a, it's another tricky one. And I said um, uh, not long in the last season that maybe the Aubameyang contract was um, a mistake, which it, look, it, it is no big thing to say now in, in hindsight. But uh, the comparison I was making is that are we looking at the potential start of another Mesodosal situation where we have a, a player on massive wages that is going to prove to be a bit of a, a bit of a nonsense to, to overcome that. And that's not the player's fault. I want to state that, that it isn't the same thing. You know, I, I really like him. He's been absolutely fantastic for the club. And in many ways, I think that what you said, Mike, if there's ever a way to say, say sorry for a bad season, for whatever the reasons it would be a gesture like like that, like handing over the armband, you know. But I just don't, I don't see it. Then, then the pressure's off. Then he doesn't have to answer questions as to why he's not talking to the press after a loss and why he is after a win. I mean, it, it just he could go back to being an ex, you know, uh, someone who hopefully can excel without having the microscope, uh, you know, on him so often and the, and the spotlight on him so often. I just, I would love to see that. Mike, so I don't, I don't personally think. He's he's past it, so to say. I, I think we still. I think physically, it looks completely there. I, I think everything that happened last year was more on emotional and psychological level that he went to. So when like Owen asked the question about the striker and the transfer market, look, we, we've been rumored with a striker whom I I really like, which is Andre Silva that that plays in Germany right now. But ignoring those ignoring those links, right? Assuming striker is not a position we're actually looking to to uh, move forward within this transfer window my main gripe was personally i i didn't necessarily feel like the team was actually creating a ton of chances so abamyang we kind of know his thing he could he could score a worldie every once in a while but he needs two three chances he wasn't getting a lot of he wasn't getting two three clear chances a, a lot of the games i mean some games he yeah, wasn't putting himself more, in the position for him either but but see but here we go right that that's the whole the whole thing because you look at it like he's not putting some putting himself in the position i look at it like Partey's playing essentially as a one man midfielder next to a nenny who refuses to fast forward? Sabaya, who refuses to fast forward? Uh, we didn't have Tierney on the left, so most of the creations that came with was like magic little dribbles from Saka or or uh, Pepe from the flanks who get in. And you know, one of the reasons they were banging in the goals most of the times because it was them creating their own opportunities. So I don't know. I I, I think Aubameyang 
I think we still got another good season out of Aubameyang if we get the whole midfielder situation sorted out. Because I do believe, like, I understand we had the Ben White conversation. I, I am a crazy enough believer to say if we spent 50 mil on a center back, I, I could at least expect a 40-plus mil midfielder to come in along with Lakonga. I, I really do believe that's going to happen. Mikey, that's why, that's why we're the mics of this podcast because we're, we're, yeah. on, we're on the one side, whereas Owen and Andy are, are, are often on the other side of things. So it's a, it's a fair and balanced situation. Um, we want to we ask the, the, the chat, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll call through the chat in a second because you guys have been fantastic tonight. Uh, sorry, we haven't gotten to as many of your comments as we could, but any user questions, anything off base, silly, sensible, transfer related, Euro related, uh, which we're also about to talk about, get your questions in now. Thank you to uh, the the 40 to 60 of you that have been in here for most of the show. Stefan Selby uh, always has very nice things to say uh, about me. And and uh, and he's a, uh, the nicest thing I could say about him is that he is tall, he's blonde, and he's handsome. Uh, Daniel Roberts in the chat trying to get me to post pictures of Bird Leno. Uh, good old John, uh, who lives very, very close to me, uh, but loves to live in your head, Mikey. Um, but uh, we've got Mikey B in here. We've got Aston Mack has been uh, fantastic today. Aston just, just today bought a house uh, near where we met you uh, last time. So I will be down in your neck of the woods uh much more than just this uh this july for the game so we've got tigrish kumar uh gary's in here gary just won and uh just received the team signed jersey for gunners versus cancer that we gave away a couple weeks ago so uh can't wait to get a picture out of him with that with that kit don juan poppy uh who else we got don giovanni razor 57 and many, many more. Oh, this guy, Danny, the gift. I don't really know what that means, but Danny, the gift is in here. Uh, Be right back. Yes, man. And uh, Scunny, uh, who asked me to see my Lee Judges hat. So I, I had to put that on for a second. But uh, yeah, get users' questions in now. Owen, who who have you got in the, in, in the, in the Euros? What are we... Uh, who are you rooting for? Who are you, who are you liking so far in the Euros? Ireland. Um, oh, no, wait. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ, here we fucking go. Uh, I can tell you who I'm not rooting for. <laughs> Very it's quickly. Coming. It's not fucking coming home. It's not coming home. They're shit. When, did, when, when I mean, why is this, like, so important to England? Like, what, what is, like, yeah. no one does that here. And, I, and, and I'm trying to start it. Because they're all wankers. That's what <laughs> is that what it is? Is yeah, double-fisted wanker situation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, on a serious note, uh, do you want to know what? Everybody's had their blips. I, I, I thought that going into the tournament that, that Portugal were going to be quite far and away the, the favourites for it, to be honest with you. Um, Belgium as well, probably potentially in line with Portugal. Um, France, but everybody has lost, looked suspect. Look, I'll be honest, Spain is the international team, obviously, apart from Ireland, but Spain is the team that I, I grew up absolutely loving, and, and I always like to see them do well, but they're way off the races. Um, and to be honest with you, when I when England fans were coming out and saying it's coming home, there it's in the chat already, and people are saying it and everything like that, 
I was saying to myself, nonsense. Every game I've watched for them, they've been absolutely terrible. They haven't been very good whatsoever. Um, I think that Gareth Southgate is a horrible manager, absolutely horrible. Um, and for me as well, and take this as an unbiased view, someone who has watched England for a long, long time and, um, and, and watches them on a regular basis, I often think that England's biggest problem is, is that their players walk out onto the pitch automatically thinking that they have the game won before a ball's even kicked. I think that they have a mentality issue. Um, and, and for me, to overcome that is very difficult when you've got a bunch of prima donnas who think that um, they're the best players in the world. But look... I agree with what you're saying, but it is coming home. Wembley... And then a game against Sweden or Ukraine, and then two more games at Wembley. I don't care. Yes, gonna get, England is going to get hammered by Germany. Yeah. Hammered. If there was ever a time, and look, I, I've I've been traumatized by England Germany. That uh, my my favorite World Cup was 1990, and that one ended with us losing with us. Do you hear that? That one ended I with, will, uh, with a right, loss luck. to West Germany that broke my heart. But uh, so yeah, we don't we don't have a good record against against Germany, but it is the time it is the place Wembley 60,000 people going like this, going like this all the same time. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, how could I mean and 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 it'll and it'll send that ball sniffing anus sniffing Joaquin Lowe uh into retirement I mean what better but, of a storyline do we have I, I, I'm telling you and I'll make this bet with you right now here and now with my uh, with Hertz as our witness all right if England win the Euros, I will get it's coming home tattooed on me. All right, that that Whoa. that is it. And, and I'm not. I don't throw things out lightly. All right, I will. Okay, clip here's this, clip here's this my right plot. Now. My plot twist: the upset for the for the uh, tournament for me. I don't know. I'm banking on Germany beating England first and foremost. Okay, but I think Sweden might be knocking out whoever comes out from from uh, England Germany. Well, oh man, I, I'm still I'm still stuck on the fact that that I'm gonna have to tweet out that clip of you saying that you're getting a tattoo if anyone wins. I thought you were gonna say if they beat Germany, you were gonna do something. And no, then, the, but and and here's part of the reason why, and maybe we'll get back to something slightly Arsenal related whilst talking about Euros. Were any of the rest of you slightly blown away at the fact that not Arsenal fans, but other football fans, England fans in particular, morons, um, were surprised at how good Bakayo Saka was. Yeah, it's like it's like I mean, I know Arsenal's been shit, but like it's it, it's not, his play hasn't been that secretive, has it? I mean, they just I it, it isn't surprising to us. I mean, that's your exact comment is it, it, it and I like it that way. I I, I mean, cuz now he's going to start to be linked with various people and stuff and he probably won't even play on Tuesday cuz Foden will obviously be in that spot, but but he is good. I th- Just I think, he plays I, Rizal, doesn't mean he's not good. I think that's something that surprised me as well is when when you look at players like like Phil Foden, for example. Um, uh, you know, a lot a lot was being said about him before this tournament, but something that that has been overlooked as well, and even I overlooked it to a certain extent, was the fact that. Phil Foden goes out and he plays with Bernardo Silva. He played with David Silva. He's playing with Fernandinho, whoever. Name, name the countless superstars, Kevin De Bruyne, that, that, that man said he have. Whereas Bakayo Saka, at times, at for s- sustained periods of times, had to single-handedly drag Arsenal 
his but his 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 um emotional maturity you know the, the weight that has been and nobody thrusted it onto him he took that weight himself uh, and for me that that is something that I, even arsenal fans i think potentially overlook with this kid is the emotional maturity and and his willingness to accept responsibility and, and drive his team to win and for me Without Bakay Osaka, even even over Jack Grealish the other night, that 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 um, that they never would have got that that win. See, to, Saka and Tierney seem like they would stay after to help clean up the dressing room, mm-hmm. so that the so that the custodial staff doesn't have to do as much. Like they're just it's like respectful and 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 wise beyond their years. Now, Mikey, I, I I you've already revealed who your team is, and we and we could have known that, but. I'm just surprised because I thought that I mean I you're so into the Copa I would have assumed that I didn't know if you knew that the that the Euro, the Euros were going on. Um, how is Guatemala doing in the Copa? <laughs> Guatemala's doing horrible, dude. Like they can't they can't even make it to the final phase to try to. I think Owen's on fire. Shit, Owen, put the fire. Owen's up. on fire. It, the Owen's tattoo. It's a tattoo. That's just a skin burner. Owen's right there. like that that Will Griggs guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, okay, so Copa so, America, uh, I'm rooting for Uruguay because, quite frankly, uh, I don't want Argentina or Brazil to win it. And then uh, Euros, yeah, Italy, man. I've always kind of liked Italy from the late 90s just because I used to watch Serie A a lot. So I, I kind of always liked all the Italian players that I saw coming up between Milan's and obviously the rival teams. They all had like, City A in the '90s was just absolutely popping with talent. It was so, crazy. Yeah, it was. It was like the it was the English Premier League essentially. Late I, '80s I, I to the late '90s, really. I mean, yeah, to the late '90s. Yeah, early 2000s, the Milan team that that won like two, three Champions League titles all in a span of like six, seven years. So, um, yeah. So because of that, I, I kind of always watched Italy a lot when when like World Cups were popping up because they had some of my favorite players. So. Yeah, they're always, feast, they're always feast or famine in these major competitions mm-hmm. too, and yeah. it looks like they're getting ready to feast in this one. Although they've they've been a bit screwed by the uh, by the bracketing, <laughs> and I mean that that side of the bracket is so much heavier than the other one. But uh, yeah. but they've looked. I mean, they've been untouchable really in this tournament so far. They've been the standard the standard team by yeah, May, I think, a- in terms of quality of football. It, not only a yeah, quality of football, and then there was some crazy stat that they haven't received more than. Well, they haven't received a goal, and I don't know how long, but more than two goals in one game in like two. I think this it was something they like they haven't conceded a that, goal in in ten or eleven games. Yeah, so yeah. Gianluigi Di Donnarumma, he he debuted with the team seventeen, eighteen years old with the national team. He has yet to receive two goals, and he's now twenty two. So it's it's been years. I mean, the, the Italians, if they know something, it's about defending. So uh, again, traditionally, they've they've had some excellent defenders, and Owen. Did a pod on his old podcast, The Gooner Crack, where we we kind of mentioned Maldini as one of the the best. Uh, I, I I don't remember if we fit him in as left back or center back, but Maldini, you know, mm-hmm. Italians kind of have the reputation of knowing how to defend. And sure enough, I mean, as of lately, it's been like four or five years where it doesn't seem like anybody could get past them. And they have a lot of quality in the midfield, a lot of quality up front with uh, Immobile and Belotti. Um, so yeah, man, I, I'd be surprised for me. Going into the tournament, they were heavy favorites. I know I think the, the most popular one was France, but um, for me, I, I don't, you know, I always keep an eye on Italy. I, I never, I, it's always a sleeper team for me. 
Can I push forward a, a potential dark horse that I think, but not in terms of winning the competition, but in terms of definitely progressing further than people think? Wales. It's got to be darker. Oh, I was going to say it's got to be a darker horse than, than, than I, I the Netherlands. Uh, but <laughs> Wales is going to have their hands full. See, my minus Sweden. I, I I think Sweden makes it to the semifinal or the final. So for me, Denmark, Sweden's going to. De Denmark is is rolling and rolling right now Ooh. with the energy and the, I mean, and they've got Wales in the next round. Then they got to go to I think. Who was it? Uh, Belgium, but like Denmark, I want them to win that game against Wales, and I normally like to root for Wales. But uh, sorry, Jason, like the, uh, the big mammal in the sea, or, or... yeah, no, I, no, I don't like to root for Wales. I like to do other things to to, to them. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, the the Denmark thing, I think, has just been. I mean, that's I already like Denmark. I've always said that, like, when the U.S. is falling apart, like it seems to be lately. And the UK can't get their act together either. That like Denmark would just seem like a really, really cool, fun, chill place to live. That 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 that's that's the story of the year, regardless of what happens from here yeah. on out. Denmark are the standout team of, of this competition. They um, picked themselves up off the mat in what was an awful situation, and the just the that game against Russia. Like I I was as hungover I think as I've ever been watching that game. I was in an awful mood. And when they scored the third goal and then the fourth goal again, I mean, I was jumping out of my chair like like Arsenal had just won the FA Cup, which is the only example I can give because we don't win anything else. Um, so I do want to get to some of these questions. Um, yeah. uh, before we go into the user, just a random random question for you guys. I know that the they scrapped the away goals. Seven and a half inches. Uh, that's impressive. That's, that is that's impressive. Andy's joke. I mean, I know, I love it. wow, wow, that's impressive. Um, they, they scrapped away the away goals. Somebody, I, I saw some random tweet that I, I thought I, I personally liked it. How about the golden goal? Where you guys fit on that one? Because we all remember that. I, I think it was a final or semifinal Italy. People and, rebelled and against that. Time. People rebelled against that because I think it was too American, and I think they still would. I'm yeah, so shit. So, sudden, I really de sudden death endings are just not, not – something you see a ton of i don't think outside of uh american sports is i yeah. mean am i am i wrong about that is i mean it's... it's i don't know man it just encourages negative football in a sense i think as well because you would think it would it would encourage the opposite but i think it it, it makes people be a bit too cautious but the only time i ever see it is five aside when you're a kid and fucking the moron who's five nil down shouts next goal wins it's just it's it's so juvenile and stupid uh, no 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 more changes no. so, so you're gonna do mike we're gonna we're gonna go hockey style and we're just gonna play with the less players like they like they do the overtime now with you're gonna, okay it'll be eight eight outfield players <laughs> we'll go over there and, and yeah, and then after twenty minutes, you switch to playing lengthwise on one half of the pitch, <laughs> like yeah. like like in youth football. All right, uh, starting question. I, I, flattery will get you everywhere, and I was actually wondering when someone was going to notice. Don Juan, question: How much weight have you lost? The answer is thirty three pounds, um, which is what two two and a quarter stone, and I have four hundred more to go. Uh, but thank you, and uh, and I am absolutely starving. I hate my my sandwich that I made before I started this diet has grown COVID. Um, so uh, so anyway. Hey, um, shout out to Sabre. I don't, I don't know what I said, but hey, talking trash is what I do best, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have expected that from John Mornin, but not 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 from him. Um, Poppy, uh, 
has asked a few times for me to reveal the midfielder I'm referring to in the tweet that the last details are being sorted and they're from the prem. Uh, Poppy, the answer is that it's going to be – I'm going to say this right now on the podcast. Arsenal are about to make a shock bid. For- All right, so you, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Um, next question we got is from – Don Giovanni. We're going with Don's first. If we don't buy a a, uh, a running back, now if we don't buy a right back, would you rather keep Bellerin or start Chambers or Cedric? Owen, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, I would just cry if those are our three options at right back, <laughs> but assuming they are, would you rather keep Bellerin or start Chambers or Cedric? It's a funny one because in terms of his attributes, I wouldn't mind keeping Hector Bellerin. But to be honest with you, I think now is the time for both parties just to move on. Um, I think that he's ever since his injury, whether whatever you want to attribute his decline down to, he is on a decline. Uh, I, th- I think um, he's lost that yard of pace. And I think that now is probably not the peak. The peak, the peak to sell him would have been about three or four years ago. Um, but I think his price tag is only going to dip. Um, and for me as well, uh, at a time when we need to be bringing in a lot of players, he's one of the players that can generate arguably the most funds. Um, so for me, for me, it's time to move him on. Um, I wouldn't be convinced that Chambers or Cedric is adequate cover for for that position. But the in the long term, that definitely not. But in the short term just to get that money in for Hector Bellerin and get that issue resolved, I think it would probably be best just to see him move on. Mikey, how are you feeling about Hector? It's similar to Owen. I, I kind of look at like Hector Bellerin, Joe Willock. Um, their, their price is probably never going to get higher than what it is right now. Willock, is, he's riding a, a real high with what he did in Newcastle. Bellerin, his contract's going to only run down. I don't see him extending... He's young, and it's just like like he said, like Owen said, his his story with the club is coming to an end at this point. I think he's he's wanted by multiple clubs in Spain. So, so what, yeah, so why are we I not say, hearing anything about that? I it's not like he's playing him. in the Euros or anything. Like, what, what, why are we? Why is all the 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 trail gone cold on Bellerin at this point? I don't understand it, but I think the I, trail, trail kind of seems to have gone cold for for everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a slow, very very slow evolving market. I know a lot of people are like fuck's sake arsenal do something but if you look around us i mean what like in in england norwich bought a player to replace wendia aston villa got wendia i'm and, and i'm struggling they're, they're, to yeah there i looked the other day and there's been there's been about three or four but no, i mean you're it, it's pretty typical of the beginning of a transfer season before a summer uh tournament or two so uh so yeah i i Beller needs to go if we don't bring a right back in I would I would be perfectly comfortable starting Chambers there. Uh, I wouldn't feel great about it, but I would feel comfortable with it. So um, Dublin Gooner, aka John, uh, very uh, a very loyal uh, a helper with uh, with Gooners versus Cancer. Thanks for your donation. It is coming home. It's just that it is the team bus after the second round. Good <laughs> man, um, I have to say that's probably what's going to happen. Shout but. out to uh, Daniel Robert with this brilliant comment as well. Liverpool are trash because Salah and Mane aren't in the Euros. Yeah, I saw that going around <laughs> Twitter a lot. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, 
we have a couple more questions. Uh, where is it? Oh, where is the tattoo going, Owen? Um, somebody said knack, but I don't beat my wife, so um, <laughs> um, got to refrain from that. I don't know, man. I'm, 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 Do you have I'm a tramp stamp already? Or? Quite. Go- oh, a tramp stamp could be good. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, coming home, it's, it's coming home. It's, it's coming home. <laughs> I did not even think about that location. That would be perfect. It's coming uh, home with uh, the, so, you so get many that. Clubs. You get that, and then if Arsenal don't win the Premier League next season, I will pay for you to get the arrow down from it's coming home. <laughs> How does that benefit me in any way whatsoever? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's my fun started for it anyway. Who said there had to be, uh, you know, a, a, a positive and a negative to everything? Um, <laughs> All right, what else uh, we have here? Sorry. Oh, from Alexander. Thank you for the uh, super chat, Alexander. It's never necessary. Uh, we put up, we put the proceeds to, to Gooners versus Cancer. So um, Alex is saying, are you guys going to Florida Cup games? Sorry, I just joined. Don't know if you talked about it. Uh, he just joined the podcast, but he thinks it's a great podcast. Um, hopefully he's talking about all of our other ones. But uh, <laughs> this was a great podcast. Uh, if you missed it, Elliot from uh, Arsenal Vision was on with us earlier, so you can go back and watch the replay. But Alex, Owen's not going to be there because he's lazy and, and he's stuck on an island with no way off. <laughs> Mikey, are you coming to Florida? Negative, dude. That's uh, It would be a 20-hour flight round trip for, for a day and a half. I, I don't got it in me, dude. I, I can't oh, I was like that. 20 hours. I was like, are you going the opposite way around? Like, <laughs> are you going from California yeah, no. over Japan? I, I legit I, – I wanted to go, and I checked, but I saw – once I saw the flight was 10 hours, I'm like, I'm out. And 10 hours? We're – from it, where? Well, he's a he's not he's he's not flying direct, I suppose. So uh, no, yeah, there's, there's no, no San direct. Francisco to Orlando. Come on, no, it'd be San Francisco to Texas to Orlando, but most most of it involves about nine to ten hours worth of uh, planning and overlapping between planes. So I'm out for that. And then when I it comes get, to I could Vegas, get there faster than you could. You probably <laughs> apparently yeah, so. you if if you walked. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Vegas, I'm I'm having my 48th, 49th child I, I lost count but, see no, i never I know where the you're always talking about how you're having a kid so like literally i never know whether it's actually true or not yeah you're actually having another one i don't know maybe <laughs> <laughs> but uh alexander yeah. i i yeah. am going to I mean, not game. me my wife she's doing most of the work but yes <laughs> that's true um I am going to the Florida Cup games. Uh, we are going to be uh, hanging out at the, uh, the, the the plans are already in motion. There's there's going to be a couple of uh, kind of night before parties and, and day of parties. And I'll be there repping Gooners versus Cancer uh, that day. So uh, so looking forward to seeing you. Make sure to, you know, to say hello and thanks for the nice comments. Uh, Mark says, why haven't we made a, a bid for Basuma yet? Making an offer for Ben White's like going into Tesco for half a loaf of bread and coming out with a tin of beans. Um, very English of you. Uh, I'll, in fact, I'm just going to give you multiple multiple bells for that. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we wanted Thomas Partey supposedly in June last year, even before this, the previous season was over, and we waited until October to trigger his release clause. So why... Why don't we just make these obvious moves earlier? Maybe it's not the obvious move that everybody thinks so. And I, and I know there have been some journalists that said Basuma's not our number one target. Um, and I hope that they didn't mean that Ben White was. 
I hope they meant at I'm, midfield. I'm thinking, man. I'm thinking <laughs> he, he's going to be our midfield. Watch. Oh, Watch my God. <laughs> I, I really don't want that to be the case. Um, and uh, let's see. We had another question from – Oh. This, I can't I, see. I can't tell. I'm so used to taking the piss out of people that I can't tell whether Poppy is or not. It says I've waited all this podcast and you muted your words. No way is that fair. If you can't reveal the name, can you confirm the club? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna confirm the club. Oh shit! Here it comes. The club is. Sorry, but you're going to have to ask the bell if you want to know that information. Jerby doesn't give it out on the first date, okay? Um, this so, is the uh, first and the last time we see Poppy in, in the live chat. Nice knowing yeah. you, bud. Well, if you, if you only came here to see the gerbil, you would have been out of here within five minutes. So um, smash those likes up, says Taib. Thank you very much. Uh, Mark, do you, Mike, do you go to Vegas every time you have another child? You are kind of gambling more than I am, and I'm going to be true. in Vegas. Um but uh, yeah, that's. I like the Stefan the Saddleby guy in the chat. He's got my sort of energy. Yeah, Ste- Stefan is uh, Stefan's quality. I I I was giving him uh, giving him the ump before, but uh, but no, he's Stefan is is a sharp sharp man. Somewhat loosely associated with the Bear Camp Wonderland, though. I don't know. Uh, I think he did their 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 fantasy football league, which drives me absolutely crazy because I hate fantasy Premier League. But, uh, but he did make a very good point here, which is that Elliot should be a stockbroker because he bought low and sold high, got out just in time, right before the market crashed. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, if you missed it, Elliot uh, from, from uh, uh, Yankee Gunner from the Arsenal Vision podcast was with us earlier. So I think we're going we're gonna to end it there. We've been about an hour, 40 minutes, and I'm starting to lose my mind, if you know what I mean. Uh, so... Uh, Mikey, what's your word of wisdom, your nugget, your 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 personal approach to life at this moment that you can share with everybody? Um, be excited. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, words of wisdom, gentlemen, chill the heck out, man. The transfer window is very long. It's it's a waste of time and energy to get so caught up with one. Like even if we sign somebody it doesn't directly correlate with what the transfer season is going to play out. We don't know who's coming. We don't know who's going. The, the fact of the matter is things evolve. Players become available, um, you know, and, and players get tied down. So, you know, I, I kind of was thinking about like some of the last minute, like looking back at like Ozo, right. It, we, we, that, that deal happened because Bella, you know, Bale moved to Madrid and then he became available and then we got him. So it, the transfer market is just going to continue to move around. We don't know how everything is going to play out. So to chill um, out, have a kid, have a kid uh, or two, you know, kid or two, yeah, keep nice. it cash, keep it cash, you know? <laughs> yeah. Owen, say, you, no, Owen, you, you are uh, amongst others up for the, uh, the Burkamp Wonderland best guest award of the year, which is an award that, that uh, I think I finished second or third in uh, for the last five years in a row. I could never get my my call center to get enough people dialing and dialing and dialing in on the computer. Um, but uh, but yeah, vote uh, for all the ABW awards. I think it's a Burkamp Wonderland.com forward slash awards. Uh, 
Danny. Well, that's good. I, I can vote for myself because I don't have Twitter anymore. Duh. Yeah, so you you, you can vote it's for hard, yourself. Man. You can do it. They, they they use the old interwebs. Um, I did not rig it. Uh, if I had rigged it, I would have won. No, uh, I think you I'll, rigged it because somehow, Mike, you won the best Guatemalan on the podcast I, award, I, and I, I could I have did. thought you know I was a shoe in for that one. Most identical twin of Danny. I think I won. <laughs> um, oh, and any any words of wisdom? Any any final sign off? Always wipe uh, front to back, especially if you have a, a "It's Coming Home" tattoo, right above <laughs> <it. laughs> which I cannot wait for. I, I damn, I hope it comes off now. Always, um, Owen, you're actually making me root for England at this point because I, mean, I want to see the tattoo. Uh, man, it's such a sure thing. Like I'm not getting that tattoo done. Well, I will if they win. I'm a man of award. I'll get it done. But there's no chance, is oh there? <laughs> yeah, is and there? Da- Danny said, uh, it, "If you get your kids to vote, you're going to win." I mean, I think that you you are certainly within 49 uh, votes. So I think that <laughs> that would be the case. My my last piece of wisdom uh, is uh, the Serenity Prayer. Do you know? Have you guys heard of the Serenity oh, Prayer? Fuck's sake! <laughs> it, no, ser- ser- you know what? Actually, that's too serious for this shit. I, I can't even. I can't go that serious anymore. <laughs> be, um, be kind. Rewind. Yeah. If you if exactly if if, if you want to hear the Serenity Prayer, go to the end of uh, the Highbury Squad podcast the other day when when I was on and I actually uh, I actually said it. So. Looking forward to Orlando. Looking forward to Vegas. We'll certainly be on before then, though, uh, and talk about the latest, greatest, big Arsenal transfer. Um, and uh, we'll talk about crab cakes and and all of that good stuff. But <laughs> thank you to the chat. It's been fun. Thank you to the 2,400 people that stupidly followed the, the, the gerbil uh, <laughs> within about four hours of the acrostic. Uh, it's always fun to see how people react. And um, – and man, I miss podcasting. So thanks for uh, thanks for coming up with the idea, Mike. Mike's like we should do a podcast, and I was like, I okay, sure. I, I I got an alarm set on my phone where I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna annoy the shit out of the group until they they agree to podcast with me because uh, I get bored during transfer season. So we got we got to chit chat, just BS about something, dude. I mean, geez. Well, keep we the will do that. Coming. All right, keep the faith. Come on, you gooners.